0: Welcome to The Salted Podcast, where we are translating and transforming our view of politics, pop culture, and personal preference. This episode, we discuss disciplining our children. Why do we do it, and what are some gospel-centered principles that inform how we do it? Let's get salty. Welcome to The Salted Podcast. My name is Yon. This is Dan. And... This episode is a important episode because we're talking about disciplining kids and why disciplining our kids is so important. And I don't know about you, well I do know about you, you do have kids. I do, I do, I do. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you dear listener, you, wherever you are in the th- on the spectrum of having new kids, whether they're little kids, little toddlers, kind of growing up, elementary age, you know, junior high, high school, maybe they're grown ups and you're not necessarily disciplining them, but how do we discipline our kids and why why we're doing it is, a, is really an important question we need to answer because not only does it have significant inf, inf, uh, importance in our own lives but also in the lives of everybody else and yeah. creating a society that's actually trying to, one that we want to live in and be a part of um, is kind of a critically important question. So um, that's what we're going to talk about and at the end of it our personal preferences um, we're, we're both parents so we're going to talk about wh- whether we'd prefer to have a child who's overtly just a you know just rebel. a rebel right so you, uh, they tell you everything they're doing wrong they're openly defiant or would you rather have a really compliant fake it to make it kid yeah. <laughs> who's sneaking around doing all sorts of bad stuff that you got to discover um so if you have kids and you've maybe had two kids maybe you got one of each well you can yeah we'll see which one you gotta pick, gotta pick um but i don't know about you but i mean i'm on social media twitter primarily and that it seems to me that there is a I don't know if it's a rising case, but there seems to be a perception there's a rising instances of seems like bands of kids or young people who are just doing pretty lawless, insane things, whether it's like mass looting a restaurant or just destroying it, or even just, you know, you've seen a a video of a a kid who gets their phone taken away by their teacher and then they, it ends up in a fist fight or something like that. Like it seems like there's an increase in a lack of discipline uh, or a lot or, a, or an increase of lawlessness and usually people's response might be um well they needed more discipline yeah. to not act this way yeah. and, we're, and we i don't know i don't know if that's a fair representation but that's what i'm seeing i don't know if you if that you, if that if you share that perception kind of yeah like that. i
1: think that's anecdotal and it's on the macro version uh, i think you can sense you can see and sense that on a on a in a public way that there is the manifestation of what appears to be, um, it shows itself as law, lawlessness, but I think what appears to be a breakdown of the family and a breakdown of uh, discipline and values and so on. Uh, and I would imagine that every adult generation has said that about their own kids, but for whatever reason, this I perceive this to be a right. little bit, uh, and so that's on a macro level, but on a micro level, I know that for me personally, I'm having way more interactions as a church leader with adults, with small kids who are struggling to make the discipline work and to make the child um, really uh, to get the outcomes that they want uh, right. to the point of, you know, having exchanges with dads and tears and, and uh, it, it, it's so on a macro. I told you that in confidence, Dan. I, know, I sorry, told
0: you that yeah. in confidence. You okay. stop acting like you, you have any tears. I told you you could tell them with the discipline, but not the crying part. <laughs> Marines don't have tears. Okay. Okay. Yes. No, that, I mean, in all seriousness, I have a f- almost four, almost two, and a, f- and a one month old. And it's a, we are in the wars of yeah. regularly me on FaceTime trying to say, okay, how do I get my four year old daughter to comply to the stuff mm-hmm. that my wife is telling her to do? Yeah. How do I get her to comply to things I'm telling her to do? How do I discipline a two year old who's kind of in the middle of understanding what he's doing, being a little right. turd, but then also, you know, he doesn't really understand. Impulsive. Impulsive. So yeah. it's like, and it's a, Trying to understand my kids' psychology. It's yeah. like, okay, they're concrete. Thing, right, all of this stuff. You're like, okay, this is it's it's not easy to do. Oh, it's so overwhelming. it's overwhelming. And and ultimately, I think we think when we start talking about discipline, and we're gonna we're gonna have some a little bit of um, talk. We'll talk about what kinds of disciplines we'll do, but then also primarily why we're disciplining our yeah. kids yeah. and why it's important to instill uh, uh, some authority over them. Um, but. When we talk about discipline, I think some people immediately, everyone has different experiences with it. So some people immediately go to, okay, discipline is a consequence for something, right? When we talk about disciplining our kids, it's how do I give them consequences? Uh, how do, uh, and we flash back to my, our parents who were spanking us or paddling us in Catholic school, which was, which was my experience, um, or uh, being grounded or something like that. But when we think of the term discipline, discipline i think we need to expand our idea of discipline and say what does it mean to discipline our children and and there's a simple definition just so we can all be on the same uh same baseline and so here's a definition of discipline that's going to help us kind of guide us in the terms of how we're going to approach the subject and and discipline this um uh this very well family.com gives a little simple definition of discipline this is what they said Discipline isn't just about giving kids consequences. Instead, it ensures children are gaining the skills they need to become responsible adults.
1: Which is say that again. Say that again. I was yeah. I, I was listening to the first word, but then yeah. I stopped listening. Discipline
0: to you. isn't just about giving kids consequences. Instead, it ensures children are gaining the skills they need to become responsible adults. Yeah.
1: So can I can I give you a word picture? In some ways, for me, the image of a coach actually helps a lot when I think about my role as a as a. Disciplining parent I mm-hmm. think uh, Coaching is a great way to uh, A great way to Kind of a metaphor Right Because you You don't just want to tell Your players They're doing it wrong You're trying to give them The skills and the mindset To do it right To do it properly sure. So it's, a, it's kind of a It's not just punishing Right Sure It's, yeah. a, it's um, loading them up with, with the capacity To achieve the outcomes
0: Yep Yep, and so it's both it's both consequential, but it's also rewarding and incentive, yeah. and proactively giving them some incentives to do things properly. So good, uh, and by properly, we're gonna we're gonna take a look at how you know they they use the definition of the skills they need to become responsible adults, okay, and so that's yeah. actually a you know a very subjective. Yeah, and we're also say, well, what is the outcome? Why do we discipline kids, and why do we? Um, exercise authority over them because what's the end goal and we'll right, talk about that in right. a second um, but they say verywellfamily.com, they says well they say discipline actually does a couple different things here's some here's some statistical um, studied um, so these outcomes. are the these are the outcomes of discipline yeah they in say the if you discipline your kids okay. here's a couple outcomes you can expect okay. um, they say it helps kids manage anxiety which is kind of counterintuitive <laughs> because when I think of discipline right it, it seems to always elevate the anxiety in my yeah you know, i'm like what the heck is happening yeah uh, but what they say is um if you give them strict guidelines and structure they're not they're they know what to expect they're little kids they're not left in a very big swirling right. world of so all these their different ideas. stress goes down yeah their stress goes down our stress goes up um, but we help the kids manage their anxiety um, it obviously encourages good choices. That's a conversation I'm regularly having with my daughter. It's make good choices, trying to instill the personal responsibility. Um, teaches them to manage their emotions. Again, we yeah, it's a it's a big conversation with my wife always has like regulating. Yeah, regulate. It's like it's like emotions are not bad. You know, yeah. those are okay to have those emotions. It's how you actually uh, interact with them, and then it keeps kids safe. Right? You're providing guardrails and guidelines for them to yeah. make them feel like they're safe and secure and that there is an authority figure over them that will protect them and keep them in line.
1: And so, you know, real quick, when you think of the lack of discipline and you look at oh, this sure, kind of yeah. in a, from a different direction, <laughs> right? The lack of discipline increases a, an anxiety of a kid. It, um, basically, uh, undermines their ability to make good choices. Right. It, um, fails to help them ama- uh, manage their emotions and uh, opens doors to reckless, right. dangerous living. Right. Yeah. So when it's a you see those, letting
0: kids lead their own lives, right. like, and that there's never a good outcome. Lord to that, of the right? Flies. I at mean, no Lord point do I leave my kids alone, and they're suddenly they've yeah. defaulted to this incredible utopia. Exactly. Right. So, exactly. Um, and here's so that's kind of that's why we did, that's what discipline is, and those some of the outcomes. no so, now again, we think of discipline like there are some. I looked at. I looked at, okay, what are the top 10? I, I used all this research for the podcast just for my personal edification <laughs> to figure out how do I yeah. leave my own family. Yeah. Um, so here's a couple, here's like these eight, like top 10 things If someone said. Here's how we actually discipline them. Um, and we actually were going to talk about, like, this episode would have been like, should kids, should parents spank their kids? That was one of the things we talked about. But then we decided to go deeper and say, well, why do we actually yeah. discipline kids? And so why is authority important? But here's a couple ways in which we discipline kids. They say there's the, something called the do over. Number one is the do over. You get to retry it, um, which is funny because as adults, we do that too. Um, don't talk to them. Silence. Not like, not, not like silent treatment, like you would with your wife or your husband, but you know, you literally just <laughs> not don't, the way you discipline yeah, your husband, you just don't respond. Right. Or you tell them to be quiet and then right. you just sit there and think about it. <laughs> exactly. Um, timeout. I try timeouts, you know, it's, you know, there's a whole art to that, man. There's a whole art to that. Yeah. yeah it's a, it's not cut and dry, man. Yeah. Um, Spanks, Spankings? There's an art to that. There's an art to that. (laughs) (laughs) Which, uh, ironically... Yeah, does anybody... I mean,
1: is that... uh, The latest, the latest I was reading was a long time ago. And there was a massive push from the uh, Pediatric Association, perhaps, uh, that... Uh, very con- very much connected spanking with abuse. Right. right. So I'm reading it, and I'm like, man, I don't remember. I remember being spanked right. never once in my adult life have I ever perceived it as abuse. Yeah. And also, um, uh, we did the same in our home, right? Spank our kids as, uh, you know, the final, uh, the whole process of, of what good good uh, corporal punishment would be. And, um, and I've never heard my kids mention or mumble a right. word about... Um, abuse, yeah. but the a, the yeah. uh, pediatric association. What did you find? Did no, you, but I mean, I mean
0: ironically, were... I mean, again, there's spankings. The way you do spankings is, is everything you need to do. But in the, ironically, it's the same thing that we want to teach our kids about. It's in, encouraging good choices and to manage our emotions, right? If you want to yeah. spank a kid, you know, and there's many times where um if you want to spank a kid in the moment you're angry yeah. and you're and that's when it's like okay well you're uh, you're abusing your child now because, you're hitting your yeah, child now you're literally you're, hitting your you're kid you're lashing out right yeah Yeah. and it's also which counterproductive. i would agree yes with the apa though. of course yeah don't that, do that. would be a and it's it's also counterproductive cuz if you're if my daughter <laughs> has hit my son i'm like yeah. don't hit yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's like yeah. Right. we don't hit yeah. smash only we are allowed to hit that's you right. <laughs> um, when we're angry when we're angry, so there's <laughs> a they you know you got to spend some time cooling off yeah, explaining yeah. to them why they're right. getting like
1: they get all these warnings before yes, you work up a, to yeah, that. There's a threshold of yeah.
0: Um, so that's another thing. But but as you said, there was a big backlash. But still, poll being uh, surveyed, forty-seven percent of parents say that spanking is appropriate. Wow. Um, which is down like 5% overall over the last couple of years, okay. but still 50% of the people say spanking is an appropriate thing. And I'm curious if
1: it. it would be higher if we define spanking specifically sure. the yeah. way that we have yep. defined it, right? It's yep. for rebellion, overt and outright ab- rebellion Correct. after several yep. warnings. and yep. Anyway, it's not a spanking
0: episode. Yep. Um, although, yes. <laughs> um, number five is natural consequences. You just like let it play out, right? Yeah. If your kid didn't do their homework and they're like, I got a project to do, help me dad. You're like, Sorry. You blew it. Get a zero. Um, taking something away. I've been threatening to take my daughter's Rapunzel doll away in the last couple of days, and it is, my Old. wife says it's psychological torture, but, um, <laughs> and then grounding kids, you know, teenagers, you ground them, take their phone away, which is essentially like, the equivalent of taking a junkie's needle away in some cases. So it it doesn't work out very well. Give away for good. Yep. Give and give something away for good. So you take something away temporarily or you give it away for good. You're like, Hey, we're going to go to the rescue mission. You're going to give your Rapunzel doll away because it's causing so much heartache in our family. yeah, Yeah. So gotcha. Um, so, okay, those are some ideas of when we think of discipline. Those are ways in which we discipline our kids. Yeah. And when they get older, you're not necessarily putting them in timeout. You're grounding them. You're taking like their phone away. You're taking away their privileges to drive the car, stuff like that. But overall, there's
1: there is there a global approach yon to discipline culturally and globally? Is there uh, is there disparity and differences, distinctions among different cultures? Or
0: yeah, I mean, I think if you were to go to other places, um, the the likelihood that you're gonna be abusing your kid physically is probably more accepted than maybe mm-hmm. in, the, in the developed Western world. Yep. Um, but even the idea of, even the concept of rebelling against your parents as you get older and older, you know, there are some societies that are just more compliant, right? If you go to yeah. the Asian countries like China and Japan, yep. they're a much more collective um, society where they, there is a compliance mentality of being a part of mm-hmm. the community as opposed to the Americans. We're just rip-roaring. I'm sometimes celebrating like, yeah, I'm like, I'm angry my daughter's disobey me, but I'm also like a contrarian, like, okay, yeah, push yeah. the rules a little bit, She's you could do it. it. Hey. She's got so it. that's not helping, so. Yeah. Um, but I think so. I think it's it's contextual and based on some cultural things as well. But you could definitely
1: yeah. tell which cultures believe that disciplining kids is important, sure. like,
0: like a value of the culture. Yeah. You could clearly see it. Yep. And like we just said, disciplining kids is hard in practice, so in actually doing it, and it's even more difficult if we don't have a clear understanding of the worldview around why exactly we're disciplining our huh. kids, right? So, I mean, and there are difference of, of opinion, um, but, and there's difference of opinion based on, your worldview on why you actually discipline your kids. Why do we execute authority over children and what is the outcome, right? The definition we said was, was to help them um, gain skills to become a responsible adult. Right now that is very subjective in many places. What does it mean? Like what's the target we're aiming for? And there are very distinct differences of the target. So you're saying not, not just um, how we discipline our kids, but there is a, there is some distinctions on what the desired outcomes are. The Why behind it? Yep. And I think that's as a, you know this, but as an parent who's in the wars in the trenches right now, it's easy to forget about the why we're doing this, as opposed yeah. to what are some practical things to do to get our kids to behave better, right. as opposed to why are we doing this? Yeah, um, that's good. And so here's a couple different here's a couple different worldviews, competing worldviews on how, on why we actually why we discipline kids. Um, and so ultimately, we just have to accept the fact that we want to shape our kids towards a specific outcome. Right. Um, and anyone who says otherwise, like the Christian church gets accused of indoctrinating their kids a yeah, lot, yep. but everybody is indoctrinating their kids towards some worldview. Sure. And if we just accept that, okay, then we just have to say, well, what are the merits of the competing worldviews and right. how do we have a gospel centered worldview in doing this? So here's a couple different, three different opinions. Uh, one being the Christian worldview and a couple different, uh, of what that target looks like. The first one is responsible adults. Okay, there's a, um, that's a bit of a Western secular perception of, okay, why do we execute authority over kids and why do we discipline them? Well, we ultimately want to shape them in the social norms to help them, quote unquote, succeed in life. Mm. I actually heard
1: that worldview or that outcome being criticized heavily recently that, um, yeah, I won't go into it, but I've heard that idea that here in America, um, There is a demographic that naturally accepts what a successful life is and naturally defines it in their own terms. But that culturally, that it isn't shared by other Americans from different parts of the, you know, different cultures and ethnicities and backgrounds. So it's wild.
0: Yep. Um, So responsible adults, that Western secular, Yep, you want to shape them towards that, you know, help them, quote unquote, succeed in life. There's another one. This is a little bit like um, the goal is to shape them into. I, I mean, for lack of a better term, like parts of the collective. Ooh, they're part of the collective community and the the um the you know that has kind of like some socialist yeah. you know communist communism is like a, a trigger word, but socialism of saying okay, the goal is to um is to help everybody be kind of um interested in every taking responsibility for everybody's actions and okay. taking responsibility for i will absorb the uh the bad things of other people's actions and i will contribute and help them uh, succeed in life so it's, it's kind of the counter to the american western individualization sure. um and there and but there is if you get down into the, the real roots of some of this stuff um there it there's an oppressive oppressor oppress right. kind of uh worldview and if you're in the socialist communist worldview, you actually are, are trying to disrupt the nuclear family because you perceive it as a, a function of, um, of oppression. Where right. the kids are oppressing or the, the parents are oppressing, oppressing their children. Um, so
1: the sooner you free the kid from that oppression at home, the sooner you set them free to be a part of the collective. Correct, right. And they yes,
0: and they would say they'd probably push back on that first one of Western secular responsible ab- adults as saying you got to attempt to free kids from the oppressive authority of their parents, which is re- rooted in the oppressive authority of the ruling class because it's primarily about getting them into a system and propagating a current system that uh, in- empowers people. Wow. And this is, again, right, right out of the Communist Manifesto, this isn't a political science uh, podcast, but right out of the Communist Manifesto, they say, Karl Marx says, you know, do you charge us with wanting to stop the exploitation of children by their parents? To this crime, we plead guilty. Mm. So there is an innate, innate worldview that the nuclear family is an oppressive. And so you, so what? Do, what does that mean? It means that the target on the wall is that the authority is not rooted in the parents, right? Or in Western secular, like it's not in the social norms or the the general perception of success. That's not really the the target or the authority. Wow. The authority is the state in shaping them to find their identity in how the state describes them as opposed to their family relationships. So, the so it's state a collective. And the
1: state takes responsibility to free the child from the exploitation of their parents who are disciplining them right. or who are over.
0: Correct, over yeah. Wow. Yep. And in the worst cases of this, if you go to like uh, Pol Pot and that stuff, they were taking kids out of their families, indoctrinating them, and then they'd come back and they'd be ratting their parents out for, um, you know, essentially worldviews or thought crimes that are counter to the state. Wow. So. Um, so, anyways, that's number two. Um, so that's a different again target on the wall. First one was Western secular, helped them get their social norms. So that they and you quote, said unquote, the state succeed.
1: then shapes them to find their identity in the state and not their Yes, family Their identity
0: is in the state and not in their family relationship. So they're they're not a Williams, and they're right, not. Right. They don't understand. You come from a lineage of here's my family. My family is other people in yeah. the state
1: so to the degree that you undermine their identity as a child under the submission of their own parents is the degree in which you raise up and elevate their their ability to be a part of the collective or Correct. the states. Yep. Uh, yeah.
0: Yep. And if you do any if you do any research on Chairman Mao's uh, communist purge in China, that is what they did. They they and even I mean, everyone knows about the Hitler youth, right? They take their kids out of their family and they raise them up in the. Um, so that's a collective socialist perception of things. Uh, um, that is um, fascinating. fascinating. Yeah, I know I we mean, can spend all time talking about. Yeah, that. Yeah, I I, I, I I have a hard time taking that in even. Right. Which again is we might think oh yeah that's communism that happens in China and so but in a socialistic worldview in which there is very prevalent in today um, you know it there's certain things like that that show up like um, it takes a it takes a village like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff mm-hmm. like you it takes a village to raise a child well that is that terminology is rooted in the idea yeah. that the village takes responsibility that child does not belong to the family it belongs to the village well, the it state. belongs to the state right yeah.
1: or so, how about this one you know how about um, how about school district officials and teachers quote unquote protecting a kid from their parents. Right. Yeah. Yep. Zing. Yep. Now we agree that if
0: there's abuse of parents, the, sure, the state yeah, does course. protect yeah. them, right? We yeah. we again we, the definition of abuse is yeah, exactly like, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yep. So yep. and then the third one, the third again, is a is what we would ascribe to is God honoring Jesus followers. The target yeah. on the wall for 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 the the purpose of disciplining kids and executing authority over them is because we want to raise them up and indoctrinate them to be god honoring Jesus followers and we would believe and you're going to go into this a lot more but we believe that you know as the parents fall under the authority of god that god has sovereignly put parents in a place of authority over their kids to do what to reflect Jesus and represent Jesus and to and raise them and develop them into adult kids adults who do the same yeah who, who honor jesus yeah, that's okay. good. so again where does the authority lie in this whole discipline thing that's it that's a. that's an important question what's the target on the wall are we just raising them to be successful um and to subscribe to social norms as the western secular world? are we are we raising them to be part of the collective and their authority lies outside of the family with the state or are we raising them to submit to the authority of god uh and um and to be god honoring jesus followers yeah, that was good um and this is a, and you might be listening thinking, okay, well, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, in, I'm not interacting with communists on a daily basis or I'm not, you know, I, you know, I want my kids to be successful. Who wants their kids, to, who doesn't want their kids to be successful, right? Of course, everyone wants that, but it's an issue for Christians primarily because we do, there is a battle of worldviews right now. You know, when it comes to what's happening in our schools, there's a um, what's happening in our homes and how do we discipline our kids? And if we the perception of the things that are getting getting worse and there's there's kind of two two things that are happening simultaneously. And this is this is from um, David Brooks, who is a New York Times writer. He wrote an article in The Atlantic, but he's essentially describing the problem with the worldview and because everything's been politicized, there's two things happening simultaneously in the way we discipline our kids and raise our kids. And that, and he says this, he says, um, he says social conservatives, which is generally the, um, I don't want to say this, maybe generally more disciplined, more rigid. You have a, you you want to aim at, um, everyone's indoctrinated everybody, but yeah, yeah, they're a little bit more, um, family oriented and disciplinarian and, um, but they say he says social conservatives have a philosophy of family life that they can't operationalize. So they're saying they have this worldview, but it's very difficult to actually spread it out around because 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 it relies on two parents. Yeah. Because yeah, we yeah. just talked about all of those different ways to discipline our kids and how much time it takes to do it. Like mm. to do a timeout well, it's like like it seems like an hour and a half. Like it takes me yeah. an hour and a half with one kid to do timeout well. Right. Um. So so there's a social conservatives. I'm
1: trying to get this in my brain. They have a philosophy of family that they own,
0: but they cannot operationalize. Meaning, they can't implement it. It's it cannot be widely adopted because the family, the nuclear family, is so broken down. Right? Okay. Wow. We would say you got to discipline your kids, and you got to raise them up with a level of authority. And even as Christians, you got to make them Jesus followers. They you have any idea how hard that is, right? Yeah. If you're a single parent mom, yeah. single parent dad, you're being raised by your grandkids. You get like that. They he's essentially saying you can't operationalize it because it, it doesn't exist in today's world. I gotcha. Um, he no says longer, it's no longer it's no longer relevant. Yeah. He says he goes on to say progressives, on the other hand, they have no philosophy of family life at all mm. because they don't want to seem judgmental. Oh, man. So again, there's the lack of discipline. You know, it's essentially letting the you know, letting the criminals run the or the the insane people run the asylum. like yeah. we wouldn't let our kids decide what to eat for dinner, let alone what they want to wear or right. what gender they have or what oh they want all these things, right yeah, um he said the sexual revolution has come and gone, and it's left us with no governing norms of family life, no guideline values, no articulating ideas. On the most central issue, our shared culture often has nothing relevant to say, and so for decades, things have been falling
1: apart. yeah, and now we we opened with this and now you see what appears to be again anecdotally but i sense it on the micro level the the fallout from all of that yeah right the um the the chaos the the hardship the suicide rate the we we had did our when we did our podcast on um um, social uh, media we looked at the the spiking percentage of major depression symptoms, you know, that were so stunning. Well, what if it's ultimately, what if one of the root causes of that is what's happening with the quote unquote discipline in the family? Right.
0: Yeah. And it's a, um, and I think that's the thing where we, even as like, even as someone who grew up in a household who was, who's had two parents who were Jesus loving and they disciplined myself and my two brothers, But it seems like culturally we've moved to a position where even the stuff that my parents did, like, for example, spanking, like, again, spanking has seen a rapid decrease in decline in the number of people who say that it's acceptable. Right. So even the stuff I learned how to be in my own experience, it's like it seems like it's not even appropriate or applicable anymore. So now that we're left with figuring out, well, how do we do it? right and I know that my wife and I are always having conversations about. well that's too harsh or that's not harsh Uh, I'm like that's not harsh enough she's like that's too harsh right so so but even the yeah even the window that has been has been moved around what how do I discipline my kids right if because because you're somewhere in between you've moved from okay we all understand there's a a framework for disciplining our kids and why the family exists to there's no discipline kids can do whatever they want it's too judgmental so the even the you know the the guardrails have moved beyond where they were before, and so now we're all trying to figure out how do we actually do it for those of us who want to discipline our kids. Which I am assuming, if you are listening to this, you are interested in it, yeah, right? Yeah. So, ultimately, the question is, why does this matter to Christians? Well, ultimately, again, uh, disciplining has everything to do with authority, right? The question of disciplining our kids is rooted in the question of authority: whose authority are we submitting to, right? And as are we are we doing the responsible adults' societal norms? Parents' kids, right? If I'm, a, if I'm that the goal on the wall is to have responsible adults, then that means the ultimate authority is societal norms, yeah. which means as a parent, I'm going to have authority. The societal norms inform, have authority over me as a parent, and then my parenting has authority over my kids. And I'm going to raise my kids to adhere to societal right. norms. If it's state collectivism, it's the state has authority over me as a parent, and my job is to raise them to essentially not. <laughs> respect my authority as a parent but to be a part of the collective oh boy or my gospel worldview is god has the authority over me and as a parent i've been put in place to have authority over my children so that i can tell my kids to submit to god right uh, and, and the state's circle.
1: involvement is um interruptive and undermine uh subversive in some ways right yep yeah
0: and then you layer on top of that all of this the fact that we're living in a a plurality of worldviews in a society trying to function together and you're like okay well this is why there's so many disagreements on on how we actually execute these things so So
1: meanwhile the u.n has just uh i just saw the headline today that the u.n has just openly said you know the there is such a thing as a consenting child to sexual contact it may not be legal but but it it can be consenting Yep. so exactly uh, let's mix that into the 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 Scary sauce. Yep. And so you're
0: like, how do you, how do you function in a, and as, and as gospel center people, we want to know, A, how do we lead our own families towards, because we think this is the best pathway to human flourishing for our kids, for our families, for our society. Right. But then also how do we interact with people and be salt and light to the world and say, well, this is, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to have a conversation in the arena of ideas to help other people not only see and have my family and my discipline, my kids reflect God's grace so that people See that as compelling, so they right. say. Oh, there's something different exactly. about their that that family because they follow Jesus. So, yeah. um, so that's the problem. So, that's an entire episode almost on the problem. So, um, you get to talk about how do you actually transform it, and how do we, yeah, actually bring some gospel-centered principles to to this. Well,
1: idea. as always, there is a biblical worldview solution to this. So it's thank um, your kids all the time. Thank God. Yeah. So right. Don't spare the rod. That's the. only right. That's right. So, um. You know, and obviously I'm not an expert. I don't have degrees in child psychology and, you know, the social sciences and the kids and whatever. So, or a marriage and family therapist. So while I'm not an expert, and by the way, so many of us would benefit from professionals in that field. Sure. Very much so, whether it's, you know, marriage, whether it's, um, whether it's parenting, whether it's, um, biblical counseling, whether it's, um, um, just family therapy and, uh, Clearly, there would be so much um, that could be accomplished there. So I don't. I'm not. I'm not offering that. I think what I'm offering is some experience, both with my own family and other people's families, as as uh, my pastoral counseling has uh, afforded me those those opportunities. And for people who don't know, you got four kids. Four kids, two adults out of the out of the home, and and uh, two teenagers still
0: in the home at this stage. So, um, two so, boy, uh, two boy teenagers still in the home. That's right. Two, your two daughters have flourished we'll see what the boys do right oh god <laughs> i'm so optimistic you I'm can so say your wife raquel's like look i did my job with the girls like yeah she we'll tags me she right? tags me reluctantly
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um so essentially i'm just offering an experience in and perhaps some um some some wisdom that may be helpful for uh some people not as helpful for others and uh, I'm, I'm cool with that but uh you know perhaps it's it's helpful to start by helping people who are listening picture the ABCs of parenting. So when I got done kind of thinking up and writing out this content, I I realized that it fit into an A and a B and a C, right? Mm. So, and perhaps it's easier to remember the ABCs of counseling, uh, not counseling, but of parenting young children. And this is about young children. This is disciplining young children. And um, some of this would apply, I think, to some young teenagers, but for the most part it's grade school, preschool and so on. But um and, and really the inspiration for all of this comes from a proverb that the proverb uh in in chapter 29 verse 27 says discipline your son and of course back then when you said discipline your son oh my gosh it was it, so sexist yeah it was uh it had implications where your household your your uh, all of your your families but the son would represent the whole household uh, discipline your son and he will give you rest he will give delight to your heart after the discipline not during and not without discipline but that's the outcome of discipline is that there's rest for the parent and there's delight in their heart so there is a long and you mentioned this earlier right it's like while it's happening when you're in the weeds there is a challenge there to remember why am i doing this do i just want this behavior to stop so i can you know get back to what i'm focused on or is there a long game that we're playing here and that's really what a lot of discipline is it's Daily making the decision: Am I playing the short game? Do I want to mm-hmm. correct behavior and end this, yep. uh, or do I am I playing the long game where I want to shape character and I want to expand capacity and I want to um, help uh, help them be able to do all those things that good discipline does? So or a little bit of both, in some say
0: yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's case by yeah. case.
1: So. If you do it well, I guess the, the both outcomes are, yeah, are helpful. Sure, yeah. So, so in the A, B, and C's. The A word would be something you've already mentioned, which is the beginning point. It's the starting point from a Christian worldview. If you're going to salt the earth with a family that's thriving, it would start with authority. Paul Tripp has such a great book. His book called Parenting, I think it's 14 Gospel Truths on, right. on Parenting. So, I mean, if you buy a book this year, if you're a parent you buy a book this year, start there and uh does such a great dedicated
0: at north central yeah for free that's true that's true yeah Yeah,
1: it's a gift um just um just tag us on your social media post and uh boom and nothing will (laughs) happen so here's (laughs) his principle on authority that is so good he said one of the foundational heart issues in the life of every child's child is authority teaching and modeling the protective beauty of authority is one of the foundations of good parenting uh, if you're listening, it might help you to read that again. I don't know. Do we have time to read every one of these twice? Probably not. Probably not. Oh, but you just, just do it. Ask any right. questions. Here it is. Yeah. Authority. Principal, the authority principle from Ted, uh, not Ted, his brother, Paul Tripp's book on parenting. One of the foundational hard issues in the life of every child is authority. Teaching and modeling the protective beauty of authority is one of the foundations of good parenting. So this is a foundation piece that um, I have this picture in my mind of a Jenga tower, and as a, as a parent in a, in a family, you're building this Jenga tower. At the bottom are some fundamental pieces or building blocks that you have to start with, where if you pull that build building block out or it's not there, you can't build your tower. It falls and collapses. Right. And really, essentially, the bottom one is God's purposeful design that the parents have authority that has been handed to them or bestowed upon them from God, and they are to exercise that authority over their own children. Authority. The A word here is authority, not abuse, not intimidation. Right. It's not um, you know, some some dads I think and maybe yeah. some moms too would interpret authority as scaring the child straight. Right. I don't mean that. I don't mean that. I don't mean uh uh-huh. instead I, <laughs> instead, uh-huh. I mean um I mean my establishment as a dad and parent and the use of parental authority shapes their view of God's supreme authority. I represent to my child the authority of the creator who has authority over the parent, right. which I'm reminding my kid of, right. right? I'm submitted to God, and so you have to submit to me. Yeah. I, He's my authority, and I'm your authority. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember my wife saying over and over and over during these moments of disciplining where she would simply say, I'm the mother. You are not. Yeah. You are the child. And what she's doing is she's reiterating in concrete terms, I have authority. You do not have authority, right? God gave me the authority, so you stop being the mom. Yeah, that's my job, right? Um, And then, um, the assumption is, if you can't submit to parental authority, if the child is not submitting to parental authority, they won't submit to God's authority. And in between time, we see this on the headlines: won't submit to any authority, any authority, yeah, yeah. So sometimes our kids, you know, they when they were little, they would have complaints about the adult authority, teachers. Oh, right, the teacher! Yeah, yeah. The teacher hates me, and the teacher hates kids, and the teacher did this to me, and this is why I got a bad grade, or right. I got disciplined, or whatever. And as much as we sometimes agreed with the child that they shouldn't have, this shouldn't have been the outcome. What right. I should say is, uh, on occasion, when we were like, ah, "That shouldn't be the outcome," we would be thinking in in the long game. We say it doesn't matter what you think of this. That's an adult. Right. The teacher in your classroom is the adult. Right. Yeah. So you give in to whatever that, as a means of uh, submitting. So in my humble opinion, uh, this is opinion now that is, you know, I recognize. This is, from what I see and hear, the main and common problem plaguing parents of young children. So if you were to say to me, you know, generally, uh, Pastor Dan, what do you see and what do you hear as a, kind of a fundamental foundational problem that parents are facing with young kids. And here's what I would say to that. It's the unwillingness or the inability to correct and discipline disobedience and rebellion with the use of forceful authority, not abuse of authority, but forceful authority, and follow that up with immediate response or consequences. So what does that look like? It means... You know, the young child is pushing the limits, pushing the boundaries. Uh, pushing not his sister. Yes. <laughs> pushing down his sister <laughs> and baby, and baby, guy. yeah, yep. and, and new baby. <laughs> and the parent is trying to get the child's attention or trying to stop the child from doing what they're doing when they're pushing the boundaries. Yep. And they comment, they question, they correct. They say, hey, please stop. Don't yeah. do that. I don't want you doing that. They're calling their name over and over and over again. and then uh, And then I hear... The parents say something like they, the the kid, they do what they want. Yep. Um, or this is this is exhausting. Or they never. I mean, it's I I don't know. I don't know what to do. They never listen. Um, or they might say they might turn to their uh, their spouse and they might say, right. "All right, mom, you deal with them. They never listen to me." Or right. dad. You you deal with them
0: yeah.
1: now. I understand that, and I don't. Sent, you know, coming from a church leader, there's no judgment in my sure, mind. I re- very much remember being there, um, but um, or or maybe the child looks over their shoulder and smirks at them, and the child and and the parent rightly says, "They're so cute, aren't they? So cute, right?" Yeah. right so this defiant behavior can become so cute because look at the smirk; they know what they're doing, and then there was a there's almost a complete surrender that this is the way it is. Yeah. That's it. The yeah. child I'm acknowledging very reluctantly the parents thinking or saying yeah. I'm not the boss. Yeah. And so so what i envision and i think what is helpful in disciplining is the picture that the parent has a willingness and an ability to correct and discipline that disobedience and rebellion with forceful authority that means you abandon whatever you're doing and you follow up and follow through with there is going to be immediate response and consequence to that and then you get into the practicalities of well what does that look like what could that be and there are solutions to that but i think the the real concern the real trouble begins when that Authority is relinquished because the child isn't responding to verbal cues. Right. Yeah. And oftentimes the child only responds, or only does that to see how far those.
0: Yeah. How and eventually, how far you is that get go? to yelling. Eventually, like, you got to okay, raise then, your so voice yeah, and scream. You just, you just train them to say, "You're just going to respond to me when I yell." Yep. right Yep.
1: And there's another one too that people people use, and some people I know use this effectively. We didn't yeah. use this in my house. We didn't use the counting. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Because we believe that your your that our children ought to believe to our voice mm-hmm. as their authority sure, yeah. not to they're going to get as far as they can yeah. and then feel the countdown wait yeah. and then see if they're really serious yeah. and then you your know. countdown is uh, it just happened already you and don't I, get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sorry your countdown is surprise yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so i am my heart goes out to parents that are busy and talking in and their in their um in some cases distracted in some cases they don't know what else to do but yeah. um Uh, Their bad behavior, the child's bad behavior might be harmless, but the free pass, when the kid gets the free pass to disobedience and rebellion, eventually that cuteness and eventually that harmless bad behavior, eventually that grows into teenage behavior and young adult behavior. And, um, you know, Proverbs says the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Mm -hmm. Another proverb, same chapter. Love this chapter on parenting, uh, chapter twenty-nine. Correct your son, and he will give you rest. We started with this, and he will delight, and he will give delight to your soul. So swift, consistent, forceful action is required. Yeah. And and what I've seen is nothing undermines discipline more than the overuse of commands and correction. Yeah. And the name. So say the child's name. Command, correct. Name, command, correct. Name, command, correct. And eventually the kid learns to tune you out. Yeah. Because you know why? Because there's nothing's going to happen. There's no follow-up. There's no consequence. There's no nothing. There's there's not even a change in spacing. Like, you know, one of the things that worked with my kids eventually was you just get near them and they shape up, right? right? Like the teacher comes in the room and comes over to your desk and all of a sudden you stop talking because it's spatial. But that takes... A while to kind of train so um you know if if my child sees me using my authority to cover and to correct them and to compel them then ultimately they see god clearer that's what i'm representing to them and in this way beholding god is becoming like him and demonstrating his loving discipline what is that it's demonstrating his authoritative sin and consequence grace and compassion so with the authority i get to say here's your sin Here's the consequence, and then I get to um, see through grace and compassion right. uh, as well as I'm as I'm close by. So that's just the A. Yeah.
0: In the mm-hmm. ABCs. I mean, if you give him grace, do you sometimes spank yourself? I don't think of... that's grace. <laughs> I think there's <laughs> another word for that, but I don't think it's yeah. grace. Yeah, you, you you deserve spankings, but I'm going to give myself spankings the way yeah. Jesus took my no. No. I should stop doing that. Yeah. Okay. Filtering uh, all my jokes. Yes. Authority. So Authority. now we're on.
1: So the B, if you were to um, ask me, what else is there? Is there another? I think there's three. The second would be B, which is beyond behavior. What does that mean? Paul Tripp in his book says the goal of parenting is not control of behavior, but rather heart and life change. Totally different things. On the surface, behavior. Under the surface is the heart. The heart says, why am I doing this? So it's even possible to get good behavior, but your heart is driving you to those good behaviors for the wrong reasons. So compliance is not the, is not the outcome, right? And, but, but man, as an American fast lane, full pace, you know, and if you're a single parent, you got this even, this, this is even more challenging, which is I don't have time. I only have time for the compliance, get the behavior you want, the outcome you want, bam, done. It's over with now I can move on. But what's going on in that little heart Mm -hmm. is that heart compliant, uh, for the wrong reasons yeah and then so we add a whole nother layer of parenting but bad behavior basically is a check engine light and it indicates a misfire that's going on underneath the hood of that child so we can't just cover the dashboard light you know the check engine light. You can't just put a dad used to do, to do that, which cracks me up. You know he didn't want to look at the check engine light. He's not uh, going to fix it, but yeah. he doesn't want a shining staring at him anymore. So he puts electrical tape over oh, the. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> um, but instead, it, it means that check engine light, that bad behavior is a is is an, is an indicator that says time to take in, and inspect the sin underneath the sin, including detecting a child um, who does all the right things but. For some of the wrong motives, right, yeah. and that's a whole other you know layer right. of parenting. Correcting There's always that golden child that just follows yeah. all the rules. And Sometimes for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Sometimes, time, right? Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Correction also includes challenging our kids to talk to God regarding our own discipline, our our own disobedience and rebellion, um, and confessing and repenting right so that it gives us the opportunity to say hey let's look at our hearts here and and, uh, challenging our kids talk to god about this talk to god about what's going on in your own heart talk to god about why you're doing that talk to god about what got you in these consequences right here and your own disobedience and your own rebellion and learn how to talk to god about those we when we were disciplining our kids we would force them to confess what sin they were committing or what bad behavior they were committing and they were really quick to say i'm sorry and then when we walk right, them yeah. through naming exactly what they did it was like sometimes it would be hours they couldn't get out <laughs> yeah. they couldn't they, they could say i'm sorry yeah for what yeah. and then it was like oh man now we're now we're like reaching down into that little heart right, yeah. right so if they say i'm sorry they want it to be over with and now basically the discipline's over with maybe there's some yeah. consequences but i'm
0: not wrestling with what right. my heart's yeah. doing yeah so I, normally when i pray with my Almost four-year-old, it was always been. What can we thank Jesus for? Like bedtime prayers. Of, what can you thank? But now it's in incorporating a little bit of what can we kind of repent about? Dude, like how did you, we? When you did are. we disobey? And then I'm I'm also like that's the big then, leagues. Yeah. Then I'm like, okay, now I also need to pray. Yeah, that's where I was going I with disobeyed this. disobeyed Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I was like, "Darn it, let's it's go back to sweet." And so say, Isn't that Jesus? sweet? Yeah.
1: You can say, yeah. "Listen, I reacted a certain way, and yeah. I, I raised my voice impatiently." And so that time of confessing and repenting, really just identifying the sin under the sin, is is valuable. But 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 remember, this is in the B section. It's this is getting by, beyond behavior. All right. It doesn't mean ignoring behavior. This is one of the misnomers I think when you talk about grace and parenting. A lot of it, it's very easy to think, "Oh, pastor's talking about paying attention to the heart, not to behaviors." So the behaviors get a pass. They don't. But you're not stopping at the behavior. You're going beyond the behavior. You're going under the surface at the at the very thing that's motivating that behavior. And you're really dealing with roots. And when you start teaching kids to confess and repent, uh, it's a lifelong, lifelong humility that I think that they that they learned. And 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 I think the bad behavior when you address bad behavior, it develops a clear vision, or you need to cl- develop a clear vision for healthy behaviors and boundaries. Um, you know, what are the parent-child boundaries? I often. I I often remember when when I was young I remember thinking to myself I didn't really have kids But I remember when I was talking to a parent And the parent was holding the child On their their hip And I'm talking to the parent And the parent is constantly having the child Reach over and grab their face And turn their face You know Yeah And the parent would stop the conversation and look at the kid and the kid would say some little nonsense or whatever. Then the parent would look back and then the and then the kid would smash the parent in the face. And then they're dodging the hands and whatever else. And then so they're literally dodging and distracted while they're having this conversation. And in my mind, I thought to myself, I don't know if that is acceptable. Right. Yeah. So I remember making a note to myself, like, my kid, I'm going to, I've identified that as a behavior that needs to be corrected or disciplined, right? Right. So then, of course, I have four that I have the opportunity to work that out (laughs) with. But in other words, some parents don't necessarily see that as behavior that needs to be corrected right, yeah. so i think it's important for us to recognize what is our clear vision for behavior that yeah. has to be correct now some people don't think that that needs to be corrected they want to say no my kid needs a voice i should sure, be able yeah. to respond yeah. and pay attention but my wife had this thing because she has a degree in early childhood and i don't know if this is where she got it but she uh, had this pattern in our home where when the kids wanted an adult's attention, they had to go near the. I think it was a book that she that that we were reading, and the child would just put their hands on the adult. Right. Yeah. And the adult could put their hand there, so my wife yeah. would put her hand on their hand wherever it was on the knee or the yeah. shoulder, or whatever, and put their hand there and say, "I know you're there." Yeah. But you're sub you're yeah. you're not gonna disrupt and distract you know where I an just saw adult. That happen? No, I
0: just saw that in Bluey. The really, the that that really? was like okay, remember if you want to talk to me, come put your hand on my, on my, and I'll touch you. And then you'll know that. I I was like, Bluey coming through with some good parenting. tips." God
1: ordained parental instruction for you. So that's a, that was a great um, way of, of, of handling it. So, so, getting a clear vision on what are the behavior boundaries for my children that are acceptable, unacceptable. What are, what are them, by the way, which of them are sin and which of them are inconveniences and which of them are just, um, sure. annoying? Yeah. Right. That's another whole <laughs> conversation, too. You is is to this Peterson, a sin he's or, like,
0: raise a kid that doesn't annoy you? That's, I was like, yeah, yeah. that's a good point. I know. <laughs> I know <laughs> or other people. Yeah. exactly. Yeah.
1: So, we've got, um, the long view of parenting, Paul Tripp says, right, changes the process. So, so we're not just trying to change behavior, but there's a long view in mind here, and the way to do that is lots of consistency, hmm.
0: consistency, and that's that's, uh, which I, is good for anything, but parenting is obviously exactly, and hard. it's
1: hard too because our lives are an upheaval and we're distracted, and you know, yeah. when we, you have
0: kids. They're, little, they're not little robots. Right. It's almost impossible to be consistent because they yeah. are so radically inconsistent. Yeah,
1: so so I thought it would be helpful. Maybe I just kind of point out a few areas of consistency that you could focus on, right? Because I don't mean, um, I'm not going to get into like, you know, consistent bedtime, whatever we're talking about. Literally consistency for disciplining younger kids. Right. Starting with consistent affirmation. I don't mean flattery i don't mean making up positive things to you know uh flood my child with i'm not trying to boost their self-esteem with imaginary flattery that's the greatest
0: painting i've ever seen painting and it's, and it's a just paint they've smeared on a canvas oh, Is that oh flattery? Right.
1: yeah yeah i see what you're saying you're talking to the kid yeah yeah exactly um, so affirmation is not flattery instead what it is is consistently verbalizing what I actually really see in my child I'm making an observation I am noticing something special about the child and I'm and I'm verbalizing it, but I'm verbalizing it consistently Right consistently pointing out the good praise is such a powerful tool and it's a blessing for the kid Obviously it brings a lot of nourishment to their little hearts It helps them know what they're doing Right so you're, you're going to get, you repeat the behaviors that are rewarded, right, right? or that, are, uh, that, that you're re, uh, remembering to point out. So it helps them to know what they're doing is right at the same time. Uh, it communicates that you care about them. I'm mm-hmm. noticing you. I'm yeah. seeing you. I'm recognizing what's, what your gifts are, what your talents are, what your, what, what your heart is motivating you to do, whether it's kindness or selflessness or so on all of us would like, wouldn't we like a boss to see the good that we do and praise it, not just call us in to correct our right, mistakes. Yeah. The only time you're ever talking to your coach or your boss or whoever is when you're getting corrected. Yeah, I mean, even if you're, yeah, you're married, nobody
0: wants to they won't just say, here's my correction and here's all the things you're doing wrong. It's right. affirming all the great things that they're yep, doing. You know,
1: exactly, and it gives you some credibility when it's time to, to correct. Uh, so, you know, obviously, similarly, our, our children need us to be watching them Pointing out right behaviors every bit as much as correcting wrong behaviors, so the child doesn't. The child knows that there's a holistic approach to shaping their character, rather than just a uh, they're just an annoyance and we're going right. to constantly yeah. remind them of what they're yeah. doing wrong. Yeah. And there's a lot of things. I mean, that could, that that you know, you're doing it wrong can go right. on all yeah. day long.
0: Yeah. And I had a good re- I had a good revelation. Someone said the way that I affirm my kid needs to be in the same way that I correct my child like crouching down and looking him in the face and like intentionally affirming them and pulling them aside as opposed to which is the same way I would correct them yep and be like hey we're gonna pull you aside we're gonna correct you or we're gonna gonna pull you aside we're gonna affirm you and make it an actual thing in other words this is a big deal right right? as opposed to me saying hey good work and they're who knows if they
1: heard me or whatever yeah so, yeah yep. that's good that's really good and then so another area of consistency is correction and coaching right so you've got the affirmation and then you cor- you consistently correct and coach and what we're doing there is we're keeping the desired behavior in front of them consistent follow-through or are we just making empty threats mm-hmm. and that's the that's so critical so bad kid behavior we might say it's so cute that that bad behavior is so adorable. Look at that smile. Look at that smirk. Yeah, look at that. My 2 year very cute, and he's oh, very his little his little mischievous look. I'm like, yep.
0: I'm like, I'm trying not to laugh, let alone her. I'm like, uh oh, I, I don't know want, exactly. I don't ruin this kid, <laughs> so, exactly.
1: Yeah. So I like to think of it this way: it's cute and deadly, right? Yeah. It's yeah. both of them at the same time. <laughs> yep. So disobedience and rebellion. For most of us, we have to think through, is disobedience and rebellion cute? Is it a laughing matter or is it maybe cute on the surface but then uh, deadly under the surface? So what they're doing may be harmless at the time, but disobedience and rebellious is deadly. So it might be a small thing, and the disobedience and rebellion is actually the outcome of it is kind of like harmless. It's not really that big of a deal, but what is a big deal is that to do that thing, the child is disobeying, disobeying and rebelling. Yeah disobedience became a big word in my little household with my little kids disobedience kids would do naughty things and when we corrected them and using the disobedience word that's what they reacted to was like you know i just heard you say i was disobedient and that's what they would really push back or respond to was disobedient and then the ultimate we eventually get to the spanking was rebellion I, i knew you you had already told me what was the expected behavior I defiantly decided to do the opposite of that. Right, yeah. And that kind of disobedience is warned and corrected. And then you kind of give them, redirect them right. to another path. And then they do it again. They rebelled. Right. Yep. And so we're walking them through. You're walking yourself into maximum yep. par- uh, uh, consequences here. Yep. And then eventually that got older and it wasn't walking towards. Uh, spanking. It was kind of they were they were rebelling themselves towards being grounded, having things re- right. taken away or left out in the cold for forty-eight hours in the backyard. Things yeah, like I that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, take, take things. Take, the tape Marines them to the,
0: yeah, tape them to the light pole. Yeah. And the mosquitoes <laughs> yeah. get them. Right.
1: Yeah. Hang a sign around their neck that said, "I'm, I'm a shameful
0: rebel." Yeah, no, yeah. Well, I rebelled. Stripping down the walking down the street. Everyone, their neighbors, <laughs> yell shame <laughs> at them. I mean, everyone. Well, this is
1: this took a terrible turn. This <laughs> took an absolutely terrible turn. <laughs> Look when. He
0: they get smarter and older. you got to really adjust the behavior. Right. So um,
1: so though the, the behavior may be harmless, really they're getting disciplined not for the harmless behavior but for their disobedience, uh, touching something that they shouldn't, that it's no big deal. But, uh, again, that's what we're looking for is consistently correcting and coaching them. Uh, so no matter what form of discipline a family uses, it, it's got to be effective. Um, in our family, the first stage of discipline begins with a stern rebuke. Uh, It used to, and a reminder of the consequences. Mm -hmm. So rebuke, don't forget, this is the consequence. You keep that that going. Then remove them from the situation. Redirect and remove, right? Get down on their level. You mentioned that already. Face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball. Uh, this also indicates this, the, the movement of the body position and getting close and near the kid says, this is very, very serious. I'm paying very close attention to this. And then firmly explaining how this is disobedience and it's not acceptable. You are Mm -hmm. disobeying mom and dad. And again, I mentioned this earlier, this means almost immediate response and reaction to the child's behavior, not eventually. Uh, now I also say this as they got older, we would have to indicate that something was coming and we weren't always able right. to deal with a full discipline then so it was behavior correction would happen immediately but disciplining the heart and rebellion whatever might come later on because say we we're out at a restaurant we're among sure, the church yeah. family we're at a family party or or whatever so um but at the same time what i'm what i'm what i'm seeing here is what I'm saying here is that that stern rebuke and reminder of the consequences are the removed from the situation get down on their level explain how this disobedience is not acceptable. And if that kid child fails to heed our warning, then we usually put them in time out number of minutes depending on their age. Uh, if they won't sit in timeout, or continues to disobey disobey after the timeout. Then you work your way up to that corporal punishment, whatever it is for your family, and whatever you're comfortable right. with. But that's the consistent correcting of bad behavior and consistent coaching for what good behavior looks like. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So it's a whole big long process. Yeah. Uh. But cons- yeah.
0: Consistency. Yes. Obviously. Correction and coaching.
1: Yep. Exactly. And it's then, hard to
0: do. It's hard to do when you get more. Like everyone said, your life changes when you go to three. Sometimes two, it's like okay, well, yeah. Then it's you know you're, as you know, you have four, right? And you're like okay, how do I do this? Yeah. In practice, it's very hard to be consistent because things are just a lot of times so chaotic and yeah. correcting one kid's getting trouble and not laughs. He like that's not funny. It's like you're correcting everyone at the same time. It's yeah. a fun. It is disaster. <laughs> yeah. Chaos. yeah, but,
1: beautiful chaos. Yeah, uh, it also I think helps. I think I mean it helped us in our home to recognize the time it took to properly affirm and connect and care and discipline and take our time with that discipline it it forced us to have to minimize our calendar demands yeah. and minimize our obligations and responsibilities. Yeah, if you're outside always in of a hurry, home. you have no time yeah, to do that. Exactly.
0: I, assume, I, that's, I always feel like I'm in a hurry for no reason. Yeah. I'm like, let's walk to the park, walk faster, let's go, let's go. But I'm like, why are we in a hurry? But, but if I'm in a hurry doing everything and going places, then there's no time to, yeah. You just have to tolerate. they just to get away with it because yep. you're busy doing something. Literally, yep.
1: literally, um, busy and distracted. Right? I'm, I'm overcommitted, and so anyway, so that that creates a lot of. And sometimes I refer to it as this way: discipline is it's very hard to do. Discipline in the minivan when you're going from sure, thing to thing yeah. to thing you to thing because you right. literally could only yell back, right? Like, <laughs> yep. Or
0: make so threats that you yes. can't follow through. Although on, on my right? new car, I have a sweet little intercom that goes to the third row, which it the code. Th- it, it cracked just, the yeah, code. It just makes my threats. Digital, yeah. as opposed to it's, it's terrible. Yeah. So, um, and then the
1: last thing I wanted to point out on the consistency side is this: rewarding, uh, consistently replacing bribing with rewarding. Mm. Right? There's a fine line yep. between bribing and rewarding. So rewards and bribes are substantially different in what they communicate. Rewards encourage and praise the right behavior. You're saying, "Here's the right behaviors, and and you're going to earn this reward." bribes reward and encourage wrong behavior. What do I mean by that? They, 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 they very much look similar. right? A reward uh, is a challenge to a kid towards good behavior, and when they're well-behaved or they achieve that behavior or that even that motive at times, they're rewarded. And sometimes you could just reward something that they're not expecting, but you're rewarding good behavior that you're right. like, oh, I want to see yeah. more of that, so I'm yeah. going to reward that, and it's going to be reproduced. A bribe is an exchange or coercion um, of bad behavior with a treat. Right. Right, so you're swapping out you're saying if yeah. you stop acting this way, yeah.
0: if you eat your broccoli, I'm going to give you, you something give you some, as opposed to when you eat all your broccoli can be rewarded with a treat afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, distinctly different. Very, very yeah.
1: fine line. Um and I would say for the sake of time if you're interested uh if our listener, you know, if you're listening, it would be worth uh researching the difference between rewarding and bribing uh for the sake of time on the podcast here. Um so and there's reasons why that so that's the three areas I think of consistency that might be helpful for ABC's authority, beyond behavior, beyond behavior consistency, consistency. Right. And yeah. in, in my in my brain that was a way to kind of filter down. How can I think of the uh, the bottom fun, fundamental foundational pieces in my Jenga tower of parenting? Yeah. Uh, and at the same time, there's a, so many reasons why we might not get this right as parents. Uh, number one, we don't have any real clear vision of what godly discipline is. Sure. behavior modification or uh, uh, restoration with God, people and God, right? Because that's ultimately what de- uh, biblical discipline is, the restoration of one sure. person with another person, yeah. child with parent, uh, or uh, r- restoration of people and, uh, with God. Uh, and then we've got the challenge of if I don't have any clear vision of what godly discipline is, I have this clash between making my kid happy Mm-hmm. and character shaping. Yeah. Right, do I just want my kid to make me happy? Do I want them to be happy or am I really shaping character and and, and obviously that's that's a whole nother. um um that those two things have to be sorted out. And there's another reason why i don't get this right it's possible that that i don't have any mentors who i view as a model i haven't oh, yeah, been able to the, see it that's the
0: hardest part yeah
1: and 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 i don't have any means of getting input from anybody else right. you've been very open to say to other uh, dads and parents i think you know and i hear you say often i learned this from this person or this per- this family right. was inspiring to yeah. me or i realized that my my view of this was shaped by being around people that I that yeah. I and, and there's a lot of people I think that make the mistake of I don't get this right because I don't have any real input it yeah. or anytime that someone has an input into my parenting I take it offensively Sure, yeah. I take it as an attack <laughs> yeah. and I resent yeah. anybody weighing in to yeah. help yep yeah.
0: and, and as the, a parent if you're trying to do it right and you get it wrong a lot you're all <laughs> usually you're riddled with guilt and be like, oh, I'm screwing this up in yep. the same way a kid needs to be affirmed. And not just, yeah. you, I mean, if you're alone and isolated and you, you a have never seen it modeled and you also don't have anyone near you telling you that you're doing a good job. Like yep. you're just wallowing in this misery oh. of guilt and shame they and fail failure spiral. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it just never totally. ends. So yep.
1: yeah. So, I mean, there's so much wisdom in just reaching out to a mentor. Someone you see that may not be perfect for sure, but they're doing something right. And you say, I would appreciate your input on this. I mean, how did you, what did you, in what way, you know, what book did you read or what's your what's your approach there? Uh, so when someone doesn't have mentors that they view as a model or help them in, in, get a vision of what really uh, thriving uh, gospel parenting looks like, it's very difficult. And, and, and also those same people that aren't, uh, getting real help or any real field feedback, and they're running completely running blind on one of the most difficult things yeah. that, the, that the human needs to, that, can, uh, that the human has to be doing in their own home. Right. Another reason why we might not getting getting this right is my own heart idols are sabotaging my loving discipline. Mm. Uh, what does that mean? Well, it means I'll give you an example. If my heart idol is being right, I have to be right. right. My identity is in being right. Uh, I freak out when I'm told I'm doing something wrong. Uh, One of my biggest fears in my life is that I'm doing something wrong Mm -hmm. or saying something wrong, right? When that happens, um, that completely impacts my parenting. And it puts me in a position where I want to be right more than I want to be in right relationship Mm -hmm. with God or with my kids. So um, that prevents me from confession and repentance, and restoration. Right. I cannot do it because it would require me to confess that it's even possible that I did something wrong. Right. It also fumbles away opportunities to model to your kids what does it look like when someone confesses and repents? What does it look right. like for somebody to say, I made a mistake? Yeah. And so, when and if we have an idol that says, you know, that's driving this parenting discipline and I have to be right, I never look at me, look at my teenager and say, I handled that so poorly. I made you feel this way, right. I made you feel that yeah. way, I shouldn't have said it that way. It's the opposite of what I've tried to train and teach you and right. and I need how about this one? You know how I always tell you you need a Savior and this right. is what you yeah, need right. Jesus for whatever. so do I right and, yep. and and your imperfections are dealt with grace. I pray that you know mine are dealt with grace yep. uh, graciously. Yep. So there's lots of signs of idols, impatience, anger, over misbehavior, and disrespect. Oftentimes um, it looks like lashing out, screaming, hitting. and then you know this it, is such an issue for us that even in when paul is writing to the ephesian church about some of the things that go on at home he says fathers do not provoke your children to anger but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the lord as if provoking them to anger is actually different and distinct from bringing them up in the discipline and instruction right right, so he doesn't say don't provoke them in anger so stop disciplining them right what he says is bring them up in discipline and stop the anger right? right they're 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 um separate from each other um so discipline obviously is for a child's good, not for not to express a parent's anger. Right. Uh, so if you're angry or frustrated, you know, do not, you cannot wait until you calm down. Sorry. You should wait until you calm down before correcting the kid. And so for some of us, our first response to a kid's bad behavior needs to be calm down, walk right. around, sure. take yeah. some time, get yeah. away. And then I'm the kind of person that likes to process what the best response is. So I don't always react very quickly right. because I need to think through, the first response is what's best for me. That's what's right. my instinct. Right. Yeah. My my best response often comes through thinking it through, like what's the best response for the kid? Yeah. What do they need? Or what is, you know. The, yeah. uh, so um, also it's possible that A parent is getting this wrong because they're disgusted with the child's behavior. Uh, Although it it, it cracks me up how many times I've thought to myself, I'm I'm literally surprised by the bad behavior of my little child, right? I'm
0: always like, what are my expectations here? (laughs) Exactly. Like, I don't know why I'm surprised by this. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So here they are with this little rebellious heart, and I'm thinking, what has gotten into you? Yeah. Yep. What's wrong with you? How could you do this to me? Whenever
0: and, my child behaves for a day, I'm like, what has gotten into you? Yeah, it? right. It's the opposite. The, uh, yep.
1: <laughs> the, yes. So, uh, and weirdly, you know, in those moments, I'm kind of viewing their sin as a sin
0: against me. Yeah. Right. Not a sin against God. Yeah, as my a, wife is very empathetic with everybody. And so sometimes she says like, she doesn't even care. She doesn't even care. I'm like, you're right. She doesn't care. Yep, yeah, my four-year-old is not empathizing with you, or yeah. she doesn't care. Yeah, yeah,
1: so. yeah. Well, obviously, the answer to the question, "What's gotten into you, and what's wrong with you?" is a sinful heart, right? Right. So this this rebellious behavior should not really. Children are just just as rebellious as I am, without yeah. the filter, yeah, right, without the means of kind of hiding it. Yeah. They just don't hide their sinful yeah. heart, and we have learned to cope with our sinful heart and make it. Uh, so um, it's also. One, one way in which I could be getting this wrong too is demanding perfection, right? And here's the question, who needs perfection? I think sometimes I need it as a parent. I need perfection, uh, but uh, God doesn't need perfection. Uh, it's also possible that I'm getting this wrong because I'm embarrassed by my misbehaving children, right? So a lot of my discipline or my overreaction or my lashing out or getting angry or whatever is basically based on how I'm sensitive oh, yeah. to the perception of other people and that this is making me look foolish. And now I'm not disciplining. I'm right. lashing out yeah. because they're embarrassing me. Yeah. This is costing me my reputation. And yeah. as a pastor, I mean, one of my great fears was my kids were going to hear people say that you ought to behave because you're the pastor's kid. Right. right. Or aren't you the pastor's kid? How could you be doing this? As if they're somehow, they somehow have a heart that's less rebellious or right. less human than any other kid. Yeah. Uh, or that another worst case scenario is I start disciplining or reacting to my kids not primarily to shape their own character and their own capacity to um, submit to God, but I'm reacting to them primarily out of fear of getting um, yeah. my reputation is yeah. on the line. Nobody
0: wants to be the parent whose kids don't do, like, have no regard for what you say, right? So if your kids are disobeying right. you oh, yeah, and you're like, oh, well, uh, in the grocery store, everyone thinks I'm a terrible parent. You're screaming now. I just want you to, like, again, it is purely many times just reacting out of our, we want people to perceive us as good parents. Exactly. We don't want to be the people with that kid.
1: Right, and so primarily what's driving my behavior, my bad parenting is is a uh, protecting my own reputation rather than loving my child and providing them loving discipline, for it, which is good for them in the long run. Uh, that's a huge thing. And again, that's all based on these idols in our own heart as a parent that drive some of our bad parenting or right. our poor decisions, you know. Uh, and one last thing I think that is very, very it's a hindrance to really effective gospel parenting in the home and that is hyperactivity Mm -hmm. trying to raise our family literally do the discipline and feeding them and whatever while we're primarily in a minivan going from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing right hyperactivity undermines i think what's needed in a long loving restorative discipline which oftentimes takes a long time with each child and as we talked about recently on for each child in their own way, in their yeah. own personality yep. style, in their own character, and their own disposition, <laughs> yep. right? So
0: And if we were busy doing stuff, I mean, again, there is always an authority over our kids somewhere. Let's say you're an athletic family, you take oh, yeah. all these different athletic places, or you're doing drama, or you're doing something, right? somebody is shaping your kids discipline someone's shaping their little worldview of that so if we're so busy doing it we don't have time to do it ourselves we're then surprised of saying oh well where did you learn that well I learned it from my teacher I learned it from Mr. Jones because that's where I spend all my time I learned from my coach right that's so good so that's another uh, unintended
1: consequence so true so when we're hyperactive as a family we have no time to get under the surface there's no time for cultivating my own life of peace and prayer my own life personally as a parent of peace and prayer and and uh, clarity and and so on and i never have enough time to listen only demand right and uh that just that just obviously that's not effective so if you're a parent and you can and you can sense some of the failure some of the misfiring some of the potholes and pitfalls that you're experiencing this is so vital and this is such a this is such an important part of the parenting message you have to embrace god's grace for your failure you do only what you can do you trust God to do all the rest, which would mean, by the way, save their soul. Why? Right. We can't save our kid's soul no matter how much we want to control that. Yeah. We do what we can do, pray for them, trust that only God can change our child's heart. All the parenting wisdom in the world can't save or transform our children. Only Jesus can. And we get to fail, confess and repent, and then rest in God's grace. And that grace covers a multitude of parenting sins and failures. Yeah. And we want our kids to learn that i'm an imperfect parent and it's god's grace that covers my imperfections right right? because of my faith in jesus and the same is true for our kid you're not a perfect kid when you fail there's going to be discipline there's consequences right i'm going to restore you to right relationship with your parents your siblings and to god i'm going to help you do that and god has grace for those imperfections and we model that when we admit our imperfections as a parent and we rest
0: in and rely on god's grace to do
1: only what he can do and we do what we can do
0: yep so there you go that's the target on the wall like we described why do we talk about discipline why does it matter there's definitely a lot of times we talk about what it is but why are we doing it we're doing it because we don't want to primarily create good citizens who are successful at life we don't want to raise people who are submitted to the collective and they just want to be a part of um uh what everybody else is doing but we want we want people who are uh, primarily gospel-centered jesus-loving and um have experienced a corrective, authoritative discipline environment that reflects both God's authority and his grace in all those different yeah, areas. Yeah, well so, said.
1: In yeah. fact, you could probably tell people to fast forward to what you just said and yeah, well, listen the to the end. whole podcast we'll in about a minute.
0: Hey, if you re-listen to it, for all the people <laughs> who listen to it twice... Just fast forward to the end part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, personal preferences. Do you want a kid who's overtly um, rebellious and tells you all the terrible things they do or is really well-behaved and sneakily does a whole bunch of stuff behind your back?
1: In my experience, it's far right. easier to deal with the overtly rebellious. Yeah. Even if there's a lot of things, uh, which I don't have a lot of overtly rebellious things to think of when I think of parenting, but the, the work... And the heartache that goes into the uh, the surface compliance, but with the heart level defiance. Right. Ooh, compliance and defiance.
0: Oh, that should have been the framework of our connection.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that that to me, I would much prefer to know what exactly we're dealing with, and, and the truth that I think eventually brings healing and and um and freedom. I I would not. I don't would not deal well with um deception and and um projection and and pretending and yeah, ooh, yeah. what about you
0: yeah probably similar i don't want to so you'd give up the good kid i don't no the good kid if that if, if that yeah i mean and i'm a i'm a direct like like i thrive in the okay my child is rebelling against me and this is a battle of wills i'm yeah. going to win this battle of wills right which is not great a lot of times sometimes um but um so I would much rather do that and say, Okay, well how do we and I just would I just want clarity and what's what I'm faced with as opposed to finding secret things. Yeah. Uh, my oh. daughter always she's always like, Hey look what I did and she's like showing us all the bad things she's done. Oh, and it's oh like my Hey, goodness. look at this. I colored it on the wall. We're like, Thank you for telling us. Now let me affirm that you told us that. Now let's get this. Here up comes up. the hammer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: So yeah. I remember yep. um as a dad One of the things that I struggled with and uh, still do is getting finally hearing about or seeing or finding out about whatever this behavior is that's undesirable or whatever and then being the kind of person that wants to sit on it because my thinking is that if I give it time, it corrects itself. Right. So I would and do need a lot of help being responsive, proactively uh, and resisting my hands-off, optimi- overly optimistic approach, okay. which is this is going to... Now, sometimes it does correct itself. Sure, yeah. um, but oftentimes I, I, I wait too long um, and, uh, or waited too long or um, wasn't really on top of it as quick and briskly as I needed to be only to c- allow it to get worse right, right? or to be more yeah. complicated later on. So that's definitely... Uh, I constantly have to keep that in front of me that am I being patient? Or am I being um, overly optimistic? Right, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> uh,
0: it's good, man. So there you go. Yeah. I mean, this is a crash course in parenting, and discipline is obviously a critical component of that, ultimately, because we want to raise kids. Um, and if you are, again, if you're not a parent, then you're planning to be one. This is good prep. Um, if you are one this is good if you have been one and you didn't do this stuff again don't feel bad god's grace is there for you feel free um, to
1: share the episode
0: with somebody if yes, you're a grandparent exactly. if you're a grandparent share it with your kids <laughs> and then send some subliminal subliminal passive aggressive messages to you i kids.
1: just want to i want to so. leave this you know and i know we've got a lot of yep. put in a lot of time here but let's go back to proverbs twenty-nine, seventeen. discipline your son or your children and they will give you rest they will give delight to your heart and uh, we're in the phase now with adult kids where our adult children are really providing delight in our heart that's right. inexplicable. Um, and I think that that's such a great objective that with the good discipline of your child, not only do you help them become who God's designed them to be in his own kingdom as disciple makers and worshipers of Jesus and so on. But also, there's this kind of like fruitful rest right. that comes, and this fruitful delight that's in yeah. your heart over the the work
0: that sure, it cost, yeah. the yeah. discipline. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I look forward to that day. Maybe one day. Hopefully, it's yeah. coming. Yeah. yeah. Your breakthrough. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. uh, thanks for listening, um, and uh, we will catch you next time. Thanks so much for checking out the Salted Podcast. You can find other episodes and topics on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Make sure you click follow so you'll get notifications whenever new episodes come out. Thanks for listening.